Hey, Sprocket Podcast listeners, are you bummed about your head cold causing you to speak in a gravelly voice? Are you sad that you are unable to communicate with your friends and family effectively because a virus and or bacteria has given you something akin to laryngitis? Well, don't let that get you down. Do what I do. Record a Tom Waits song. How do you do that? Just describe what you're doing in song. And I'm at the match train, and it's not moving. I'm too lazy to bite my asshole. And the hobo is here, and he's got some cast. There's not really a hobo. I'm sorry. That probably was insensitive. Uh, but anyways, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. And my bike is hanging up lonely, and the sun's going down over the expo center, and another empty parking lot. All right, enjoy listening. Goodbye. Welcome to the Sprocket Podcast, where we are simplifying the good life. I'm Guthrie Straw. And I'm Aaron Flores with a cold. From the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best and worst of colds that life has to offer along the way. Covering bicycling, trains, transit, adventures, and life hacks. And today... Maddie Carlson. Maddie Carlson by herself. Nobody else is here. Solo, showing up all alone <laughs> to shoot a two-hour podcast with the Sprocket here. By herself. No additional guests necessary. <laughs> At oh. all. Oh, and Brock's here too. Oh, hey guys, you missed me? <laughs> what? We thought you never left. <laughs> I've been in the back room of this trailer the whole time. Oh. <laughs> It's all starting to make sense now. Shouting from the back, not funny enough! Standing watch. <laughs> More cowbell. Laugh harder. Yeah. Uh, good to see you guys. Good to be back in the trailer. It's, it's been a long time since I've been here. Uh, Maddie, it's been even longer since you've been here. Um, well, you've never been here per se, but last time you were on the show, you yeah, joined us uh, in the garage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Yeah. I have. That's right. Because last time you were here... I, I was... Yeah. And now I live in Portland. Oh, no. Which is why I thought maybe I got to be... We got her. My own, got my her. own guest. Um, <laughs> and now I know not to say things like, wow, oh. I finally get to carry this show on my own, my fourth visit. <laughs> I hope it's not one of those things where, like... There's the the saying, like, you're born here, you died here, you spent 40 years here. Like, I don't feel like that's true of Portland. So I'm pretty sure it's not that. I I think it comes down to our lack of planning. That's that's what I would punch it out to. I I wasn't complaining. I was just noticing. Also, I didn't think I was going to be on the 400th episode. Well, oh. Or maybe it's not even decided yet. Oh, no. Yeah, this is Is, the 400th. Okay, Okay. so we decided to put a number on it. Yeah. Because I just said that? 
No. Okay, you started it. <laughs> we'll tell her later. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I, I'm excited to hear because you, you've got a Seattle perspective, and now you have a Portland perspective. Yeah. And so I'll be interested once we hear what uh, these two what Jolly these two have been yeah, up to. Have to uh, yeah, I'd be very curious to hear your your uh, comparisons and your contrasts, cool. and which one you like better. We, we weren't sure if we should ask it first because on Twitter, it's it's was jumping between Seattle and Portland, and then we got to a point of well, which one is it? And then it it's it's cool. We can finally say it. Oh, which city I seem to prefer? You which, mean which city you hail from? Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I mean they're easy to visit back and forth. It's true. So. It's easy to forget that though. <laughs> Well, I grew up in Tacoma, and there was always this kind of SeaTac idea where, like, the city starts up north and doesn't end until you get past the end of Puget Sound or something. Oh, right. And so now I'm just thinking it's probably, like, sea land or sea, sea port or, or something like that. Like, it's just going to stretch all the way down here. Sea- we barely port, have to make a difference port anymore. Port SeaTac? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Port SeaTac is where I, yeah, it's where I ship from. <laughs> <clears throat> well, in the meantime, <laughs> Guthrie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You've had an exciting day. I, I have had an exciting day. I've I've had a few exciting days. No, it's been a, it's been a good week. Um, I'm reading some great books, learning some new things, which is always exciting. And uh, we were able to recover a bike today at the shop. So that's amazing. That is always amazing. Like, doesn't matter what else happened that day. Whenever you can like get a bike back to somebody, <laughs> whatever happened Everything previously, is, yeah, is, it's it's a good day today. You, is even a good if day. hypothetically someone rolls a bike into the shop at like five minutes to close and says, "Here, fix my flat tire," which is also what happened today. Oh, I wasn't sure if you wanted to say <laughs> uh, or not. No, no, it was great. Not, I mean, like, um, no, no harm, no foul. If yeah. if you've got to get home, then uh, more than happy to make it possible. So. Guthrie Straw is a game day player. That's what we know. Uh, just will. Willing to, to step up to everything and do everything. I will qualify that with almost anything. Almost. He's, Most he's the things. Cal Ripken of bike shops. <laughs> you weren't even late. That's the thing. You oh, were I was on time tonight. Yeah. That's because I was riding so fast I didn't have time to check my clock. Game day player. <laughs> uh, what happened with the bike recovery? How, how did that come about? Uh, so, yeah, yeah um, it was a kind of a really smooth one in this regard. Uh, we had somebody bring a bike into the shop last night and... Um, Oftentimes when a bike is much, much too large for an individual or much, much too small for an individual, sort of like tickles the back of your brain in terms of like, well, let's see what's going on here. They don't um, look like they have kids. What's that? They don't look like they have kids. Uh, no, not not in this case. Um, <laughs> and, and I mean, yeah, regardless, I don't think their kid could ride a 58 centimeter trick. I don't um, think this person's even married. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So we uh, we just sort of monitored bike index and um, happened to see it pop up this morning. And so I just sent a note to the person sort of letting him know that it had been at the shop. And what they ended up doing was riding the path from where it had been stolen from back towards our bike shop and lo and behold on burnside they found somebody with their bike uh-huh. so um yeah they they there um was a bit of a like inter- exchange i guess between these two parties but eventually the bike was handed back to its rightful owner and uh the day ends well as they say so is this just like a is this a non-police mediated sort of thing is yeah people yeah talk and they're like hey that's my bike and the guy's like yeah you're right yeah it sounded like it was one of those um whenever like we reach out to somebody we always make sure to let them know like hey by the way no matter who you find with your bike 
might not be the person who actually stole it. So please keep that in mind because um, you never want to operate on that false assumption. Uh, right. Obviously, everybody wants to get their bike back, um, but it's good to keep that in perspective. So yeah, uh, in this case, yeah, they're able to get it back. No harm, no foul. And another bike is recovered. Very cool. So yeah. all the people in all of the bike shops in Portland are bike theft recovery heroes now. Apparently, it seems like this. I think so. The stories it's, are uh, coming out. It's it's all about keeping an eye out for each other. Yeah. Um, and al- also, I would say none of this would be possible without registering your bike on the bike index. Right. So if you're s- listening to the show and you've not yet done so, I'd encourage you to pause, register your bikes, and then continue listening. Because um, <laughs> otherwise, I can't get your bikes back to you. Right. Because right. there's what? Bikeindex.org yep. is. We've talked to some of those guys. Yeah. There's Brian also Hans. Project 529 here 529 in town. 529 Garage. 529 yes. Garage. Yeah. Yeah. Although I think if you Google five, Project 529, it should still come up. Oh, okay. God. Yeah. Um, and the both kind of share data a little bit. Sort um, of. Yeah. Um, the last I had heard on that one, the information is about two years old. So I, hopefully there's um, been a progression of that. To my understanding, Bike Index has always been a bit more um, like wanting or like active on working with law enforcement in terms of getting like overall coverage. Uh-huh. Again, uh, I don't want to speak too much because I've not heard both parties' sides. Um, suffice to say that... Uh, it looks like they're both doing great right now. Uh, we check 529, we check bike index. Um, and either way, if, I mean, choose one, choose the other, but register your bike. It's a great idea. It's like if you're a developer, you're going to want to have both a Windows machine and an Apple and maybe a Linux. Perhaps a Linux. Yeah, outside. you have to be able to use them all. Exactly. And if you're um, super into just doing it on one machine, you just run a VM and, and hope that it works out okay when it outputs on the other end. <laughs> Nerd! Oh no! <laughs> You've already, I've already gone as, past as my As Tim level would of say, don't talk about the sausage factory. <laughs> it's not pretty in here, folks. <laughs> um, yeah, so we got a bike back. Today is a good day, and uh, super jazzed because it ties in perfectly with our 400th episode. Yeah, I'm in. That's my story. <laughs> Aaron, what's new with you? Um, besides this cold, I'm trying to get rid of. How are you getting rid of it? <clears throat> with mate. Yeah. Mm. I'm all hopped up on mate and dayquil today. Oh wow, that yeah. sounds like a lovely combination. <laughs> so you got like yeah. the the caffeine or or what, whatever it is that makes you feel great in mate. Yeah, and then a a a, uh, a raspberry harvest kombucha chaser as well. Live cultures. Yes. Mm. Where's where's that Some, kombucha from, Aaron? Oh, why the beer mongers on Southeast Division and Twelve? Wait, they have kombucha. They have Lionheart kombucha. That's even better with the with this like throat action. So I don't got going don't get on better there. until you know after we record that a couple times. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need to sample that. Lionheart, good Springsteen growl. <laughs> I think I've passed Springsteen. I'm going into Tom Waits territory here. There we go. Couple couple more cigarettes and you're almost there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, and an old piano. Which, this is gonna be great. Tomorrow is my is my uh, sort of like tryouts for the radio dispatch job at oh work. is that right yeah and like from what i understand there's not going to be a whole lot of actual radio talk uh-huh but it's still <clears throat> having this having this throat action happening it's still kind of uh on my mind you will have to transmit your voice to thousands of people like you've never done before right be like my will the old hobo in the bus Came out to drive five to nine. It, it could be worse. You could go for Tiny Tim for the interview. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a 10 4. <laughs> Are you tiptoeing through the tulips? 
I can't even. I can't even. No, you're just driving through. Yeah, We've yeah. got a code buttercup over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, best wishes on that one. Oh, I thanks. hope it goes well. Drink yeah, uh, yeah. what? Would it be more kombucha or more uh, mate or um, more dayquil? I think steel wool. Okay. Actually, yeah. <laughs> just chug <laughs> that stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, you know, a place that cleans their counters with steel wool all the time <laughs> is the beer mongers on Southeast Division in Twelve. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Where they pour you a mean kombucha uh, or uh, or plenty of beers. They just uh, I, I just learned that they've got some a, a couple of uh, they've always got events coming up. But there was this one about uh, what is it. Wayfinder? I'm, I'm forgetting. I'm blanking on the name. It's a newer brewery. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's doing well. Yep, is it yep. Wayfinder? Yeah, I believe it is. Okay. And uh, they're they're doing like a tap takeover sort of thing where it's it's all of their beers uh, being poured. It's very exciting. Oh, yeah. And there's live sports on the TV. With sound. With sound, yeah. Exactly. So the Beer Mongers, Southeast Division and 12. And Cribbage on Tuesdays. Right, right. Prizes for uh, the skunks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got to figure out what those prizes are. I, I, I have no idea. It's probably really good if it's from the beer mongers. I would imagine so. I'm a fan. <laughs> what have you been up to, Brian? <laughs> oh goodness! Oh, thanks for asking. Gonna, I'm going to flip the coin here. So before we talk to As, Maddie about uh, her experiences uh, cross city from one city to another, um, well, yeah, let me, let me uh, give you guys a little bit of an update. I, I'm thank you for having me back. I was selfishly kind of hoping to come in at the 400 episode mark. Because it's 400 episodes. Yeah. And if you count the number of digital files that the Sprocket Podcast has released, we're probably more at like 450 or 500. I was going to say, yeah. With all like the the little 10-minute bonus episodes and all that stuff. Um, But uh, thanks, people, for listening. It's been great. Thank you to all of our generous donors who who keep on sending in dollars. uh, And, oh, you know what? In grand tradition, I had uh, I was going to bike here tonight, but I ended up running here instead. And so uh, I've got uh, a patch and stickers for Greg down in Santa Cruz. And... uh, I left him behind. So <laughs> I'll give them to you next time I see you, Aaron, and you guys can sign the card and we'll put them in the mail. See you at episode 500. <laughs> but the nice thing about our, our donors is that they're very patient when it comes to, to getting, yes. uh, getting their rewards to them. Um, and I mean, Sprocket if, donors are the most patient people. They are, or, or at least. to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, otherwise you don't get There's your no other stuff. way. <laughs> but no, seriously, we're super excited, super happy to have everybody along for the ride. And it's uh, it's been a lot of fun ever since uh, 2010. The, there have been episodes. So wow. um, I didn't go back and count it. I know uh, iTunes has a 300-episode limit on the feed. Oh, so really? if you're using Apple Podcasts or any of the other uh, options, uh, the big uh, feed options that people use these days, you can only go back so far. Uh, but if you go to thesprocketpodcast.com, which uh, takes you right to our Blueberry repository, all of our episodes are there, all the way from episode one to episode 101, where Aaron Flores shows up as a permanent host. So Aaron's so, almost at the 300 there. Yeah. Uh-huh. So we've got... Uh, <laughs> I might have passed that. One, oh, yeah. I guess with the, with the B episodes, <laughs> given, your given interview will it. push you over the top. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff back there, and I would be just tickled if people decided to go back and listen to the old stuff, too, because, hey, it's there for you if you want it. Uh, and I believe... Um, I don't have that sound queued up, but uh, I remember Sebastian sent us the sound of uh, someone who has listened to every single episode. Oh yes, yeah. They get they get their own sounder. Yeah, um, we'll drop this in here in post. Yeah, yeah. Um, right now, okay. yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's part of the club that's heard everything. And if anybody else joins the club that hears everything, uh, we'll play that sound for them too. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll come up with some other thing. Maybe we'll uh, uh, take a Polaroid picture and mail it to you or something. So yeah, 
first we'll buy a Polaroid. First, step one, buy a Polaroid does, camera. Does anyone, like... Step two, shake is, it. Are those, right. <laughs> like a Polaroid picture. Step three, read instructions. Step Yeah, which will tell you, you that step two you is irrelevant. Dip it, you got to dip it in the lacquer. Is that really? Yeah. Really? Otherwise, lacquer? it'll fade. What kind of lacquer? Oh, just, oh you mean like lacquer. once it's developed, yeah. you just cover it up with a sheen. Matt, yeah. did you ever have a Polaroid? I did. Okay. Did not know that lacquer trick. Yeah. Did otherwise, I did, I did shake fade. them. Uh-huh. Um, I've heard shaking actually doesn't do anything. No, no. I don't think it hurts it. But you need to. <laughs> but yeah. it, it's quintessential. It's kind of like I don't I don't know if anyone else does this. I I learned this growing up when you have a can of soda or something that's oh, yeah. pressurized and mm-hmm. you tap the top. I do that with beer something. all the time now. Yeah. 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 Because it'll it'll knock some of that uh, carbonation that's mixed into the liquid, right? Uh, and Maddie's tapping this bottle. Bit, uh, <laughs> that is big. We've tried opening that exploded. a couple different times. You should try yeah. it again and see what happens if, like, you can actually. Because I want you to have some kombucha while you're here in the Closer studio. To the mic. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, oh, dangerous. Yeah. But we're almost there, right? That kombucha is the uh, the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. Without hopefully, giving hopefully it all, you'll be able to drink it soon. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of any other milestones because the number of places we've recorded the show, uh, aside from a couple of in the field locations, um, but, uh, started in the basement way out in lower Lentz, uh, moved then to another, to basement. another basement. <laughs> oh, and between that, there was an upstairs room. Oh, um, after that, the apartment over on Chavez Boulevard. And then the, uh, then we old, got kind of legit. The, at the office IPRC. Yes, on Southeast yeah. division and we 10th. Got, we got their storage two blocks away from, uh, who became our beer sponsor, the beer mongers. At Southeast Division and 12th. Yes. Which is a great place to get a beer. And then uh, after that, uh, we moved temporarily Cribbage to a garage. Tuesdays. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Prizes for skunks. Um, we, we, and, and live sports. Live sports with, with sound. sound. For all Timbers and Blazers games. <laughs> this if, makes it, up for the ultimately <laughs> shitty endorsement I, I tried to do last episode. Oh, come on. You're Corvette. great. You're great. It was so <laughs> awkward and awful. Go Aren't they all? I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed it in a in a not in like a in a I, like kind of Schadenfreude kind of thing. It was. It was. Uh, I I thought it was fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know a place that's not awkward at all. The, the beer the beer yes. <laughs> So after the now when I'm there, we moved to a garage uh, in uh, kind of North Portland near Stormbreaker, which is actually uh, that's who's brewing who brewed. The beer that I'm drinking tonight. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a dry hopped red ale. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, which you can get at the Beer Mongers at Southeast Division and 12th. It's one of their uh, regular, it's always on. And then after that, we moved into the Airstream trailer, which moved in, first of all, into that uh, warehouse space. And then now here at Open Signal in North uh, Northeast Portland, technically. We're so close yes, to the line. We're not yeah. quite at North Portland. But we are not in North Portland. We're in Northeast. That doesn't yep. start till Vancouver or Williams, and worse. I think Rodney. I think Rodney is the dividing street, as far mm, as I can tell. Not according to the. Are you sure? The, the test I had to I take. I gotta go back and look. I don't. I think <laughs> was that it, test was is full a, of shit. Uh, <laughs> driving test. Can you this? can you tell my trainer that? <laughs> Absolutely. Was I your trainer? No. No. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brock starts starts at uh, Williams or Vancouver. Okay. Uh, those are both acceptable answers. Interesting, because I feel like if you go to Williams and you look at the cross addresses, you're going to get like 300 and 400 numbers, which is not zero numbers. Oh, you're right. I think. Hmm. I think the actual dividing number, I th- I, again, I think your your trainer's full of shit. Well, for a city with five quadrants, five I, don't, qu- I don't know. And, <laughs> and soon to be six. Soon to be yeah. six. Yeah. Have you guys heard about this? South Portland? Least, oh. Yeah. At yeah, least supposedly. like sextants is, is a thing, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, 
Yeah, there, the reason why we had five quadrants was because, like, there isn't a, a very elegant way to say, like, pentants. <laughs> Pentagonals. Pentagonals, yeah. Let me give you this pentant for, for winning the thing. Yeah. Oh, or yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, that ties into a couple of the... I've got a list here of things I wanted to, to talk about while I'm here. Oh. Some of it has been fun rides out is, in Is any the of world. it Maddie? Because... <laughs> I'll I think she said like three trying to open sentences my kombucha. <laughs> in the in the ten minutes we've been rolling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, um, I, I was on a ride up on the <laughs> southwest. Right now, the Southwest Hills. Um, this, this is what you get for being the fourth time guest. <laughs> the first, the first time we listen. The second time we listen, and then the third time we still listen. But the fourth time, apparently, we just keep talking. Just apparently, so I'm sorry. <laughs> the Thank you. Thank you for club, being though. such a good sport. Absolutely. So, Maddie, have you been up to uh, Southwest Portland, up near Lewis and Clark College? Um, I have a friend who lives by the dairy. Okay, is that near there? Uh kinda. I think the dairy is. Is it the Alpenrose Dairy? Yes, out by the where there's the Velodrome. Yes. Yeah, that's a little farther west, so that's solidly oh. southwest. But Lewis and Clark is right up on the ridge, like right over the river and the contested area where they were going to have a mountain bike track and then they decided not to and a bunch of people got pissed off hmm. um there's uh there's a small segment of southwest portland that has addresses that start with zero Ooh. and those are different than the addresses that don't start with zero hmm. oh this is the the new yeah the the, the new what do you call it? So there's always been this division here in the way that the address system works. And anybody who, like, from taxi drivers to uh, emergency responders, police and fire and whatnot, um, or uh, these days Uber drivers and, mm. and uh, Lyft drivers, other ride-sharing options, um, digital options uh, of getting around, things that, are, you know, th- things that use a, a global mapping system that might not be based here in Portland, don't necessarily know hmm. that these addresses are different. And so when... The fire department gets a call, and they're like, oh, we have to go to this 0123 address. Um, then they know, oh, this is uh, what is soon perhaps to be called South Portland. Mm. Yeah, but uh, but right now, the address system is just all weird. And so, yeah, I was listening to uh, a thing about it, and our friend Josh G., listener Josh G., uh, was sharing some articles about it. So it's it's a thing that's happening. So, yeah. Uh, another ride I took recently was out to Oregon City. and uh, I, I saw... Yeah, pictures from this. Yeah, uh, I passed on this because I was too busy. Uh, too busy being sick, being feverish. Yeah, <laughs> talking about whole thirty. <laughs> I'm Sorry. done talking about it. Yeah, um, about so what? Nothing. <laughs> oh, just checking. <laughs> There's this great cover band that does songs by uh, the quintessential is new wave band, The Cars. Is it fair to say they're new wave? I would say they. Yeah, they, slash classic rock. They've always been thrown in as new wave. Yeah. But if you like compare them to a lot of other new wave bands, maybe not as much. They're way more like, especially now looking back, like way more classic. Rock. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. But yeah, they put a synthesizer in their music. They're new wave. Make some new wave. <laughs> exactly. So um, I went out to see a show, and uh, they have a connection to some bikey people we know. Uh, but I was uh, I was like, hey, I want to go see this cover band. Nobody else could join me, but I ended up riding um, Saturday night was the most beautiful night to be out riding because it was just warm enough. It wasn't freezing. It wasn't cold. It wasn't particularly damp. And so uh, it was two hours each way from where I live. And the way there was a huge climb, just like uh, Oregon City has this. It's it's like made out of hills. The, the cute downtown area is real fun, real nice to get to. 
uh, getting up on the hill is difficult. They're called terraces. Yes, yes, it is so terraced. Hmm. Yep. And I went up all of them until I got to the very top oh of the hill. <laughs> Does the municipal elevator only run certain times? I expect so, yeah. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, because there's an operator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the operator has to go to bed sometime. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this show started at like 8.30 or something, and so I don't know exactly how late it goes, but I was just like, well, and I was trying to burn calories, so um, I did that. But uh, that was a beautiful ride. So getting out and uh, and riding, I've done a couple of those. It's been it's been good. That's what I've been doing with my time. Um, another thing that I did that I have always wanted to try and never done. There's a casino in Grand Ronde. Uh, you went a gambling? Well, uh, it's a Native Wait, American have you never, owned casino. Have you never been? Uh, I don't know that I had ever played slots before. Okay. Yeah, but. Uh, it's transportation related because they run a free bus. They they get this charter company <laughs> to haul loads of people from the cities uh, out to this casino so they can go out and play the slots and you know and gamble their their money away. I suppose depending on how well they do, it's prob- uh, probably worth it if the bus is free. Well, I, you would assume so, right? I, I, that's I my assumption. Would. Yeah, <laughs> uh, worth it to who? Oh, to the casino to yes. offer a free bus. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I it's realized like how some casinos have like free buffets within mm. certain hours. That's right. Yeah. Uh, this thing was kind of like um, the bus itself was a gamble because you don't know when you get on the bus whether it's going to the casino or not. Like that's the eventual destination, so they claim. But they have to get a critical mass. I think uh, they draw the line at ten people. If they don't have ten people on the bus then you might not be going to the casino like you thought you were. <laughs> where are you going to go? Back home, I guess. They take you back to where they picked you up. <laughs> and they're like, really? sorry, suckers. No. Go buy some Go buy some pull tabs. So, they don't uh, like drop you off at prehistoric forest or something. They do not. Okay. No, no, there's no, there's like, no fun second destination in mind. Not enough for a casino, so we're dropping you off here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it turned out uh, the driver called in and said, hey, I've got six people. They made like the first three stops or something and said, well, we got six people on. What your call and the casino benevolently said all right let's go and so they took us out there anyways so i packed myself a lunch and uh, when you get there they give you you have to join their uh, players club or whatever to uh to ride the bus for free so you have to show your membership card to get the bus ride back and uh so it's free ride but you have to go in you can get there but then if you don't join the players club that's it you you are stuck there. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, so do they have bike racks? They don't. Dang but it. It's a motor coach, and so I'm assuming, kind of like Bolt Bus, you could probably convince that driver to let you throw your bike underneath. Interesting. Uh, that being said, I feel like they're probably on the lookout for people who aren't oh, yeah. actually going to the casino. Certainly. No, I was just more occurring that after your <laughs> festive night of gambling, one might want to start on a journey via bike. And then some night riding, yeah, in exactly. the hills. Exactly. exactly. Um, so, uh, the way things worked out, uh, they give you, like you spin this virtual wheel when you get your membership and, um, I spun it and I got $5 of free credit. So nice. I spent the morning playing penny slots, uh, just trying to see how much I could do. I think I, I probably won a total of two or $3 over the course of the slots and I lost that and all of the free credits that I got, but it wasn't real money anyways. So <laughs> I never paid for any of my gambling time. I did pay for some beers. Um, so Yeah. The casinos for prices, Which is, I guess. is much more of a payoff in yeah, the end anyway. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's that. That worked out all right. And, uh, you know, somebody else was driving. So so I had like four beers. And it was great. And I finished the book Neuromancer, uh, Neuromancer which I was reading. Terry uh, uh, Pratchett? William Gibson. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's about like, you know, if 1982 existed like next year. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so, and by that, do you mean set in 2019? Uh, or? Yeah, like a cyberpunk idea. Okay. But like everybody's got like, you know... Uh, 
chips and discs and things. Like it's 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 a decidedly low tech future. Okay, kind of like if you watch The Matrix forty years from now. How, what is its correlation to um, Treasure Planet? I don't know. It's a good question. Okay. Did he write that? Uh, no, but oh, okay. it, it, it is like a high-tech, low-tech uh, oh. type production in the, sim- okay. in the similar sense that it's space travel, but with old boats uh, gotcha. and sea captains. It's oh, like nice. a reboot of um, Robinson Crusoe. Okay. So this is like a, uh, uh, what would you call it? Like a steampunk space adventure? Yeah. Oh, it fascinating. Was, it was the, the last um, Disney like animation type oh. film before they moved fully digital, in ah, essence. Um, gotcha. and, and I saw it through sort of a conspiracy theorist uh <laughs> this like is youtube future. video this week but but i've seen the film before uh, and just occurred to me to what ask what is the conspiracy uh so so Treasure to, to take 20 minutes and condense it into a couple of sentences uh <laughs> basically which you can't do with any conspiracy it's theory true. at all it's true. yeah so so when i hear all 15 like minutes just, just cut me off here upon pretense yeah. it, precisely uh more more it had to do with the direction that disney was headed at the time and the creativity of a couple of their uh directors within the art department versus the overall head and steering of the disney ship uh and the departure as it were. yeah as it were the departure of that um in the early 2000s towards more digital type stuff to compete with ants and uh pixar which i think at that time wasn't quite merged yet no. um and basically pointing out like hey here was this really cool thing that kind of got just dropped by um a chain of executives in a somewhat suspicious fashion based on an overall uh addition of events that that's my four to eight sentence version um it is kind of interesting though because it, of of those films if you are to watch disney um treasure planet is kind of like a hidden gem in their collection for those who and the feel- lizard people took over exactly. disney Exactly. And they're ruining all of our American values. That, that's this ex- makes me sick. That's exactly America! Where, precisely where I was going. <laughs> you, you hit it you hit it on the nail, Aaron. <laughs> and and by the nail I mean the head. <laughs> I think uh I think a chain of executives is the probably the least likely to be good at propelling your bicycle in your drive train. <laughs> it's true. But I think it depends on which orientation you place them in. Oh, so I, you're saying I've had the executives pointed in the wrong direction. Yeah, you need the you <laughs> Let need me the, turn the whole thing around. The burly executives on the front drive train and, <laughs> and the, the lesser burly executives on the back. Is this it's elliptic- all about gear ratio? Elliptical drive, right? Yeah. Okay, something something like that. Sounds good. <laughs> Feel free I'm, by the way, Maddie, to weigh in at any any point. So far, Maddie, anything? Um, no, I'm good. Help, help. I'm still trying to I'm open stuck my in a trailer full of... Your, your kids don't watch Disney, I take it. I think all kids watch Disney. How into... This is, this is actually something I've been interested in. How into Disney were you as a kid versus as an adult? And then did you have to get back into Disney as a parent? Oh, um... Yeah, I you know, we well we didn't have a TV when I was really little, so um I've been playing catch up ever since. So I, I I like watching Disney movies with the kids. Um they are not that well they're into Pirates of the Caribbean right now. Oh yeah. They really like that. Yeah. Um are they, are they into, which was also the wow. project that was created by the individuals who wrote by Treasure the Planet. People. Oh, no. the, <laughs> Treasure Treasure Planet was uh Pirates of the Caribbean is what they went on to do. So if you like that just a plug for Treasure Planet. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll continue, continue Maddie. Kids. Continue. <laughs> What's it rated? Uh, PG. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's easier for them to watch probably than Pirates of the Caribbean. I was going to ask, are they into two and three? 
Um, yet, let's see. I've only seen one in four. I tend to kind of zone out when they're on. Um, but they they've seen them all. So I, th I think, I don't know if they can tell the difference. Mm. I'm sure they can. Yeah, I think you'll have to tell them that one is the best. Four is slightly less good than one. Uh, two and three are right out. And five is yet to be judged by me. So Is five already There's accessible? five of them? There are yeah. five of them. Okay. I don't, I don't know if any of us have seen that. I wow. have seen it. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, didn't they bring Orlando Bloom and... Kira Knightley back, or is that yeah? Su of? Supplementally, oh, okay. I think um, like they added them in afterwards. So, so surprisingly enough, I I follow your your grading criteria pretty closely, and oh. I, I would I would describe five as um, hesitant at first, yet surprisingly watchable. Okay. Uh, so if you're looking for a reboot that you haven't seen a thousand times before, <laughs> maybe give it a shot. Maybe that's nice. the one. I I the names are kind of hard to keep track, which is which. Mm -hmm. Dead Skull Pirate One. <laughs> more, more skulls, more pirates of the sea. Slightly less other things. <laughs> Two. So, back to the original question, like, so you, you find yourself like getting more into, or maybe not more into, but like, like you said, you're playing catch catch up. So there wasn't ever like, I don't know, a, a sense of disillusionment with the whole Disney ethos. Um, no, not really. I, th I think we don't, we don't watch movies enough that I, I got, you know, inundated. And, um, also my, my brother and my dad live in Los Angeles. So we've been to Disneyland a few times. Um, did you which... find it matched your experiences like on screen versus like Disney in real life? Oh, well, I mean, I, we went when I was a kid before okay. I'd seen any big movies. So, um, so it was mostly just a theme park yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now the lines really annoy me. So. <laughs> but it was a small world, yes. after all. I yes. love, I love It's a Small World. Oh. I hope we all have the song stuck in our head for the rest of the night. I won't I do just... it now, so... but I think anyone anyone who knows the you song already has You just have to say it. those words in that order, <laughs> D Disney... and it, the, the song will be stuck in my head, you know. So Disney is, is supposedly the most magical place on earth. Um, but of any theme park, having visited it, I had almost one of the worst times there. Oh, part of that time included that ride being broken with me on it for about oh. forty-five minutes uh, before they could get the floats going again. So I have a very special relationship with it's a small world after all. So that song never left your head. No, it's it's still retained in in ancient memory. Only waiting to be brought to the forefront of my brain. Well, they've done uh, they've done Pirates of the Caribbean, and they've done what's the uh, what was the one that uh, was it Eddie Murphy that was the star of uh, the like haunted house one? What was it called? Hmm. What's the ride? Because there were a two haunted house. Um, well, there was a haunted mansion. Haunted, oh, haunted mansion, mansion. That's it. Yeah, because that came out almost exactly that, the same like, time as Pirates. That was really of the cool because that employed like. I don't know what you'd call them, like proto holograms. You mean the ride or the movie? The ride. The ride. The ride. Like the movie went. These were nowhere. like holograms before holograms was even a word. Uh huh. You before know, Prince was... became one at the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> too soon. Yes. <laughs> it's me. always too soon. Didn't for mean that. to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. God damn you, Justin Timberlake. That's, Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That that was really cool. Um, they made a movie out of it. They did. So I, b I believe Eddie Murphy was the lead, and it came out nearly the same time as the original Pirates of the Caribbean. But huh. there were five Pirates of the Caribbean movies and only one Haunted Mansion movie. Um, that's you tell telling. me what that's happened. That's telling. Do you yeah. think this is because they had a ride, so they thought they could 
make the line longer even by <laughs> maybe so. putting a movie to it? Maybe so. I mean, and I think it worked for Pirates, but I think maybe just... Pirates of the Caribbean was a ride long, long, mm-hmm. long before. Right. You know. Before the Haunted Mansion? <laughs> <laughs> now, that, that's one thing that has changed from when I was a kid to an adult. I forgot that that ride might be a little scary, and I dragged mm-hmm. the kids on it. Oh, yeah. oh they, yes. they did not like it. <laughs> How, how oh, old no. were they during this experience? Yeah, it was probably like five years ago, so they were like three and five. Okay. And oh, um, okay. I probably yeah. was not that young when I went on it, but yeah, I forgot there was anything scary about it. Um, and then that realization sinks in as yeah. the ride begins. <laughs> Turns out, super freaky. But it's great. They don't like roller coasters now. So when we do go to amusement parks, we just do the things that don't involve long lines. Oh, so. nice. Highly recommend. On this one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, two more things that I wanted to bring up. Uh, one was I've been running to work, uh, which... I used to I used to bike to work all the time, and I used to have a 24-mile commute round trip every day. Now I have like a four-mile commute every day because I live so much closer to work. Mm-hmm. And so I need to find a way to, uh, to balance my caloric intake with my exercise. And uh, I have the hardest time doing that because I love food and I love beer. I think you chose the harder path. Well, I guess. Because I chose the other way. To not eat things? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that would be harder. I mean, it would. I feel like maybe that would be harder for me because I like the stuff so much, and that turns out to be the problem. But um, what I've found is that uh, if I run to work and I run back, uh, it's about four miles, four and a half thereabouts, and uh, I can burn about 700 calories a day, which is about how many calories I was burning when I biked to work before, when I had the longer commute. Okay. So, been doing that. And that, that's worked out okay. So I ended up running here. And I'm curious if anybody else out there has been doing running for transportation. Um, that is a, a niche. It is. I don't think we've ever really talked about on the show. It's inconvenient because you have to change. Like, it's really hard to feel cool, like, wearing your running clothes. <laughs> and, um, or, to, or to, like, get there without enough time and to sweat and be yeah, sweaty through the absolutely. entire day. Yeah, as, lose your as opposed graces. to biking where you can, like, slow down your pace to where you're not drenched in sweat and you can just wear like whatever clothes you know you're gonna wear for the day generally you could yeah you cool it for like 10 minutes and then suddenly you're you're all all set yeah but the amount of time it would take for me to dry running not so much because the purpose of running is i mean to to elevate like your your heart rate and i mean if it's a very efficient way to bring yeah, if you're not sweating or yeah or whatever while while you're running, then you're walking. Right, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so anyway. yeah, so there's that. It's been cool, uh, but I would love to know if anybody else has been doing that. If if they run yeah. to work or if they run to get other places that aren't just just like a workout, because it's always been like I. Yeah, I'm, I'm very not a, intrigued by this. Yeah, I'm I'm not opposed to just exercise for exercise's sake, but I've found that I'm so bad at getting it that I have to like make myself force myself into a reason for it. Hmm. Like if I can get myself out the door in the morning with a backpack on, then I have to run home at the end of the day I, yeah. or or like wait for the bus. And well, I got nothing against transit, but like it takes a long time. And the benefit is you retain the rewards of that effort for doing stuff you would already be doing for most extents and purposes. Yes. That's a good high-minded look at it. And I get to drink beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, yes. that too. That's always a good one. <laughs> but no, absolutely. You're right. It, it's one of those things that like it, it's got uh, the the purpose of exercise. I have a hard time seeing it. So I, I need that, that thing to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Another benefit of being out and running is that I find food occasionally. Like <laughs> As the number do. of times, the number of times that I've found like canned goods that people have set out <laughs> and I pick it up and it's like, well, pinto beans. Okay. 
and I take it home, and I've got a whole drawer of uh, of canned foods that I've been eating. So it's been cutting my grocery bill as well. Oh wow! <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I don't know exactly. It, I'm sure it depends on the food, like what temperature it was stored at, and all that stuff. But it, I, does it have to be sealed? Uh, have you broken that barrier? Oh, what you mean, canned food? Like if you found a half-eaten hot dog on the side of a road. Do you want the answer? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, we all want the answer now. Yeah. So I was running here from work, and um, <laughs> and I, I was running uh, down a busy thoroughfare, MLK Boulevard, and um, right on top of an open trash can, there was a, a food, uh, one of those containers, you yeah. know, all closed up. Mm-hmm. So whatever's inside hasn't touched anything else. And I'm thinking to myself, this is a busy street. It's on street. top of the trash can. Yeah, this is. A, I didn't it's have not to in dig the for trash, it. Yeah. That's kind of um, a social indicator. Yeah, I feel. And I've, I, I, so you know, I, I tempt, got tempted, and I opened up the little clamshell, and uh, turns out, half a burrito. Nice. So as long as affluent people are willing to throw away half of their food, half of their perfectly good, salty, <laughs> long-lasting food that only really needs refrigeration, maybe after a couple of hours. Certainly not pick in, it up. in this weather. Yeah, you know? exactly. No, and that's the thing. Like I, I, I would three, think, three weeks from now, <laughs> might think twice. Yes, unless you think I have no compunctions at all. I did find a sandwich in a bag earlier, and it didn't smell good, so I passed on that. Um, but but no, just being out in the world and and finding things. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I. It's not that I'm. Well, am I ashamed of it? I don't know. So can I share something? Yes. The reason I asked. Is uh, you because I was curious to dog? no no I was actually curious to uh, confirm but we're 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 at almost exactly the same level of um, freaganism yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> I honestly thought you were gonna like got pull company. out a half eaten hot dog from your bag and be like I found this and was wondering <laughs> I do have a couple boiled eggs in the pannier <laughs> and two bananas as as always I was gonna say what no bananas <laughs> no I've, no I've got two in there <laughs> yes we have no bananas it's true yeah or it was a Hebrew national. You can't pass those up. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. You can find food. Yeah. yeah. So Good deal. So lastly, uh, big news. Adele's going to uh, the doctor uh, two days from now. And well, maybe after, depending on when we edit well, this. Well, by the time we drop this episode, it will have been this, point this morning. Two time yeah. that we are recording. And she's going for her second prenatal checkup. Because we're going to have a baby. What? So, wow. What's prenatal mean? Uh, it means before a baby is born. <gasps> yes. Yeah. I think natal means... Baby. Baby? Is it, <laughs> are we right, Maddie? Is, this, is that what this means? I am the expert. Yes. Sure, sure. Look at Maddie, everybody. <laughs> Having had a few. If you've yeah. ever wondered, this is how it really is. I've never had one, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's happening. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And whenever people do, you have, want all my advice right now? Or? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll just uh, I, we we found out uh, on this is why we really brought you in, Matt. Yeah, yeah. as a resident expert, um, we found out on Christmas Day that we were going to get it. So the universe is either very kind or very cruel, and that remains to be seen when the baby comes to term. Uh, but you know, my fingers are crossed, and I'm hoping for the best. Uh, it's um, yeah, it's exciting because this is the first we've never had one before, and uh, we a, a uh, kid. We have been two. Live human beings. And we are going to be three. Yeah, exactly. Congrats, Brock. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's big news. And I'm still, I think I'm still kind of uh, adjusting and processing and budgeting a Do lot. Do you remember what I told you and Adele back when you were going to Crater Lake? Uh, Carter Lark in 2011? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, what? About <laughs> having I mean, children? I? I don't think so. Oh, I, I, really? don't, I don't have a clear memory of it right now. Oh, okay. Maybe when you say it, I will. 
I don't know if I want to say it. I think I just kind of like. Is it good like, or bad? I don't know. <laughs> say it. Um, I said you two were both such badasses that your children would have superpowers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'll 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 put this on hold for playing so... to the baby until the baby is old enough to confirm that. Because I don't right. want it to feel bad about not being a badass if it turns out not to be. Oh, I'm I'm sure it will. I, <laughs> but I, thank you. Yeah. I have no doubts. Your yeah. child will probably like have adamantium claws. Right. Perhaps. Right. Know. And be yeah, an expert and... dumpster diver. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, and and ride their bicycle everywhere, <laughs> or or maybe I mean I hear a lot of children are prone to run anyways. Like you, that once they learn how to move on two legs, they're like I'm going. So maybe yeah, maybe it'll be a better runner than I am. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited because it's uh, we we've talked to a lot of people, Maddie yourself being foremost among them of people who have <laughs> been good at having kids and also like doing a very low car life thing. Like mm-hmm. like let's let's have a simpler life, and so. Um, what you found, what I've learned from you already and from all the other people we've talked to, uh, has been inspiring. I'm really excited to see kind of what new possibilities open up for us. Cool. So, yeah. It's kind of like babies make you want to simplify too, in a right. lot of ways. Like, I mean, not everyone, because there's the a lot of interesting looking else, right? gear out there. <laughs> but I mean, even in the last 10 years since I had my first baby, there's so much more stuff. So what have you noticed? Um, like new developments in yeah. the, the baby. Well, I didn't have a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I got a crib because one of the books I said said you need to get a crib. And I used it as a place to store clean laundry. Uh-huh. Um, I'm like, you really <laughs> don't need anything. But it was it's got to have that pre-built linen scent. That's crucial. <laughs> crucial. I mean, there's so many different ways to, you know, raise a baby and things to put on it. But um, you don't really need all that much stuff. Yeah. And you can also wait until after the baby has arrived to decide what kind of stuff you want. Right, right. Uh, Adele was out acquiring, uh, you know, the, the was it, Next Door, the social mm-hmm. network for mm-hmm. neighbors. Uh, she was out looking for, for baby items out there. Already. And she did find, uh, what was it, an odor-free baby pail? And she told me, like, hey, I, I found this odor-free baby pail. And I asked her, like, why, why would they make the baby pail with the odor already in it? This seems like a bad idea to me. <laughs> but she got it, and I'm happy about that. But, so I, those are for disposable diapers, I think. I didn't have right. one of those. Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you wash cloth diapers? Yes. Nice. Also, I've been thinking the, about it. Um, I like the idea of that. I'm not sure if I like the practice yet, but I, I feel like it's it's a good, uh, it's a good stewardship I remember, thing. I remember the bucket of bleach water. <laughs> Why well, also didn't use little, bleach? My but... <laughs> little brother had for, for his cloth diapers. It was, it was just this bucket of bleach water that, like, after you kind of rinsed, Put them in the wet pail. Um, So if you want something else to Google, Uh um, another acronym. There are lots of acronyms when it comes to babies. Um, We did something called uh, EC, Elimination Communication. Oh, yeah? Where you talk about when you're going to have a shit. Yeah, the baby tells you. So babies come... um, Bad! potty trained we just train them to go in their diapers so if you learn to read their cues you just hold them over the toilet uh-huh. and you don't use a lot of diapers uh you'll forgive me if this is a crude <laughs> analogy but it reminds me of uh we were talking about the mingus method with jeremy mendelson years back about uh, training a cat mm. to use a toilet and it sounds really like the same thing yeah, yeah no it's like you, you, you just kind of you introduce it and you keep on using it and eventually it becomes standard practice and so yeah i would that, hazard that cats are smarter than babies mm-hmm I, I think, what, wait, what? Cats right? are smarter? As, oh, like as grown babies cats. or cats? In... Cats are smarter than <laughs> okay. babies. We're Kid, talking well, adult, oh, adult Kittens cats, are par right. for the course. I don't know, but yeah. Oh, kittens are so cute. So, so oh, are babies. Yeah, so are yeah, babies, yeah uh, absolutely. Cats are smarter than babies, but <laughs> right. kittens are cuter than cats. But also, and wait, some so babies are as cute as kittens. <laughs> 
Human but they babies, all look like Winston Churchill. Right. <laughs> Human babies, they grow up to have speech and emotions and that sort of thing, whereas cats only Not have one cute. emotion, <laughs> even though they're fuzzy. Yeah. And I'll let you, as a cat lover or otherwise, decide what that emotion is. But yeah, uh, what about like bicycle specific? Um, what have you noticed as far as what what oh. was around earlier, what's around now? There are a lot of new things around. Well, cargo bikes weren't even on my radar when I had babies. Um, so I put a car seat in a trailer, which is one way to do it and right. an easy way to do it. Um, but now, you know, a box feet, I think there's even one brand of box feet that you can snap a car seat into without oh, really? putting so some people put um bolts in and attach a cable or car seat to that but i think there's something the packster i believe you okay. just like is, i need to go to splendid cycles and check it out is that the same one that sort of folds itself into a trailer no oh the what is that what am i thinking of there's one that there's that... two that that kind of fold up the okay. zygo zigo is one yeah i'm trying um, to remember oh i should know all these uh, it's okay it's <laughs> okay the one that we covered on the show that had the um i think it was that they, that's like, where it's coming from it's oh, either okay. a cargo bike or it folds into a stroller yes and it's a, a trike yes yeah yeah and you Those can use cool. that to uh to get around the weird uh the transit rule here in correct, Portland where you correct. Can't have unusual okay that's good it's we did stroller. talk about that i was trying to remember where where that was coming it's from. a stroller yeah and uh, now, so in Seattle, where yes. I used to live six months ago, it's it's a little hilly. So you, uh-huh. there are not a lot of trikes there. Right. Um, but now I can really think about these kind of bikes and and yeah, see people with them. So this brings us to our uh, our question about whether Portland is uh, superior to Seattle or not. As, <laughs> as a um, because there is a definite answer. <laughs> right. A, a bicycle based family or uh, someone who you, you completely use objective. More than any other, uh, yes. Any other substantiated. Yes. <laughs> Well, they're both wonderful cities. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the correct response. <laughs> we'll give you the money from Seattle later. But yeah, they're all right. Um, but you, right now you live you live in a flatter area than you once did. Is that yes. Right? Yeah. 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 And that's the thing. You they're, live they're out in the flats too. There are different neighborhoods in yeah. both Seattle and in Portland. And Seattle has some hilly neighborhoods. I, so I have a friend, my childhood best friend who moved away when I was little to um, the Southwest, moved to this Southwest, but she moved to, you know, Arizona, that Southwest. Uh-huh. And now she lives right by the Alpenrose Dairy. Oh. Um, so I rode my bike to visit her once. It was awfully hilly. It is. <laughs> and now I make her come down the hill when we get together. Right, right. Um, I, I hear there are different routes to get up there, though. Um, but they're all, like, it involves a fair amount of They all of go back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so there are hilly, I... I will admit there are many hilly neighborhoods in Portland, and there are some flat neighborhoods in Seattle. Um, I did not live in a flat neighborhood in Seattle, and I do live in a flat neighborhood in Portland. So, Huzzah. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, we were here two weeks, and my 10-year-old broke his arm. Um, oh, yeah. That's so rough. they had been riding their own bikes uh-huh. for a long time, um, especially because in May, I broke my foot. So oh, I, I couldn't carry them. How's your foot now? Um, oh, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, it was the, the best kind of fifth metatarsal fracture one can have <laughs> of the three kinds. <laughs> Is there a best kind? <laughs> oh, yeah. I had the kind that was weight-bearing as tolerated. Oh, okay. So I, I could ride my bike. Right. I rode. I didn't realize it was broken, broken for a day. So I'm assuming weight-bearing also means pressure, like if you want to pedal or something. Yeah, I, yeah. I biked everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that works out okay. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other kinds, you probably wouldn't have pedaled with it. Um. So, yeah, so I probably wouldn't have gone camping over the summer if I wasn't the one leading the trips. Um, but I didn't want to carry the kids on the tandem. I didn't feel safe enough to do that. But I had my special boot. Those boots, um, the pneumatic boots are amazing. Nice. I didn't get one at first because um, my insurance wouldn't cover it. Um, so I just kind of hobbled around with crutch- crutches are horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, I biked and had crutches, but then I got the boot and it changed everything. Um, How, did you carry the crutches on the bicycle? Of course. Did you tie them to the frame? Well, I, I used my big dummy, okay. my cargo bike. So it's, it's easy to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, for camping, um, the kids had to ride their own bikes for the first time. We usually take a tandem with a trailer bike and six panniers camping, um, which is still super heavy and they don't pedal. But it's five, <laughs> it's five pounds less than the big dummy. So even if they don't pedal, it's five pounds less Boy, than the big dummy. No. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I refused to carry them. I made them ride their own bikes, but I still carried everything on the big dummy with my boot. And, and you've got two boys? Yes. Uh, what did they say about pedaling uh, after being accustomed to such luxuries as being they, You know, about? they got very independent when I couldn't walk around very well. Okay. Um, so, yes, we did two camping trips like that, and it worked fine. So you're saying about um, five to seven years from now, I should break my own foot <laughs> yes. to encourage independence for them. Yeah, and before that, take uh, the baby on to Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, there we go. To scare him or her <laughs> <Yep>. off uh, <laughs> roller coasters. <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs> if, unless you like waiting in long lines. Perfect. Um, what, what if your baby is a fan of lines? Oh, yeah. Babies love lines and waiting and standing still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Babies love standing still. <laughs> Absolutely. And orderly. In an orderly fashion, yeah. I hear there's nothing better. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I hadn't carried the kids for a long time. And uh -huh. then we moved here. Brant broke his arm. Um, and I was not aware of this rule, which will come in useful for you in many years if you have a second baby. Uh -huh. um, the littler one did not want to ride his own bike if his big brother was getting a lift. So Ooh. I had to suddenly carry them both everywhere on uh -huh. the cargo bike. So it couldn't go the other way? I may, I think maybe it would have. <laughs> You're both going to ride. I think if the younger one was getting a lift, the older one would have been fine. Okay. But yeah, so I, after the broken arm, had to carry them everywhere for five weeks oh after not having carried them at all for like quite a while. And um, work right back into it. It's flat enough, so it worked mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. And also, when you're in a new city... Um, Having a broken bone is a wonderful way to get to know your closest urgent care and your uh -huh. closest hospital. Um, so, yeah, really. I still haven't figured that <laughs> stuff out. Necessity is the mother of invention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting to me. So I'm curious just as far as like having kids that ride their own bikes. At some point, uh, I, I feel like kids and bikes are exciting and kids love riding bikes and um, – were any of the rest of you at Live the Revolution, the, uh, the storytelling event? This year. It's a great event. I was um, at the first half. I had to go home. Okay. Uh, the last half. Sorry you missed it. The last <laughs> half was uh, uh, there was a, a lady who was talking about their kids learning to ride bikes. And um, I feel like there's so much joy and fun built into learning how to ride a bike. So I'm curious where the worm turns for uh, suddenly it's like, oh, I don't want to ride. I don't want to go that far. I don't want to work this cool hard. anymore. Uh, well, and even before that, before pe people start thinking about wanting to get the driver's licenses and that sort of thing, like just as far as if you're a kid that loves to ride their bike and suddenly mom's like, we're going to the grocery store, when does the kid say no and why? Well, I tend to err on the side of caution, um, which is why I do always carry them if they are tired or want to ride because I don't want them to turn into teenagers or even before who suddenly They're hate bikes because that, that, that can anyway. happen. Teenagers who hate bikes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then I, you know, we don't have a car, so we have to ride everywhere or walk. Walking takes forever. It's just the way it is. I don't jog. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of us would want to run places. I, Especially, I, yeah. Here, here, children, run along behind me. Here's your little backpack. You get to carry the milk. Yeah. Um, but I, I did like when they were little and biking was just part of life when people would, you know, see us at a red light and say, wow, do you kids realize how lucky you are? And they would just get these like blank looks on their faces. Like, <laughs> what, what are, are you talking, talking about? And I'm talking about the, the fact that you're story. sitting on a bike. Yeah. They, they didn't know like what in, you know, particular was like the exciting thing. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so so you were willing to pitch in, like you didn't want it to be a, a, an un, unpleasant idea or a task that like they don't want to do. Yeah, and I'm still like that. Um, okay. The other night, we're taking a Tuesday evening archery class at the community center by our house, which That's is cool. completely flat to ride to. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so this is the Mount Scott Community Center, which okay. has a lovely pool and, and a roller rink. And yeah, through through a class on once Ooh. once a week archery. Can you do down archery in the, in the pool? Uh, it's in the roller rink. Oh, I don't know when they introduced the roller skates, but the first class did not have roller skates. I was going to ask. Yeah, I don't know which one I'd like more, like aqua, aquatic archery or like roller archery. Right on the back of a dolphin. <laughs> what's the um, what's the, the sport, the like Winter Olympic sport where you're like skiing and then you shoot a gun? A biathlon. Or something? Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. I, am, do I have the, is it a gun or is it bow and No, arrow? no, it's a rifle. Okay, yeah, so you yeah. have a rifle and then you're skiing? Yeah. And then you have to hit the target. Yes. Okay. So it'd be like that. Yeah. At some point. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe later maybe into the, the session. Okay. Yeah. The summer Olympics biathlon <laughs> should be like you swim and then, <laughs> and then you have to shoot something with a That's bow. Right. But well, my my point was that yes. I, I carried the eight year old there because he was go. a little tired and and you know it's it's different when it's dark. Yeah. So. And if you, I mean, it, I get cranky when I have to bike and it's dark. I, yeah. We're just getting into the season now where it's light enough, late enough to actually like go somewhere. Like before something starts where it feels okay. And it's not dark when you go home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or did everyone see the, the sunset this evening on the way over? I did. I was too busy. You were probably heading the wrong way. I was coming towards. It was the nice west. on the Broadway, though. Okay. I was running across uh, a bridge that goes over the tracks down by Columbia and uh, the most beautiful view. Mm-hmm. The most beautiful view. It was amazing. Oh, yeah, because it's pretty far north. You yeah. Get to see yep. it against the river. Yep. Almost. Yep. I looked it up earlier this week. I think we're at 7:36 yeah. for our sunset. So mm-hmm. Oh wow! Not too shabby. Yeah, uh, I have. Uh, I've probably mentioned this on the show before, but I have the the days when it's still light when I get home from my commute. That's like a high holy day, and I have it marked on my calendar oh, yeah. based on the uh, you know the uh, astral projection. Uh, project uh, uh, what's astral projection? Astral projection is something else. What's the <laughs> yeah. um, uh, meteorological uh, forecast? What, yes. you, uh, yeah. Okay. I, Anyways, yeah. I'm excited when that happens. So, yes. So, we're we're there. We're, like, nearly there for me. Nice. Yeah, but although that's different for everyone because everyone gets off work at a slightly different time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping the truths. That's right. Yeah. Drop. Told you we'd go deep. And if it's gray out, you don't even see the sunset. I, it's I feel true. like there's more yeah. blue sky here than in Seattle. I was going so? to ask I, I that very so. question. I mean, that's the thing. It doesn't It doesn't rain all that many inches they say is just gray mm. um it always struck me as funny how many sundials there are in seattle really it's, it's hard to see them and just not <laughs> laugh because they don't work um. these, these are useless <laughs> so something i feel is, has been said about seattle is um in, in contrast of weather patterns when it sets in seattle it kind of tends to set for a good part of the day or or the whole day have you noticed that uh be being in contrast to Portland, where it's sort of more moving in and out due to the sort of microclimate of this area? Oh, hmm. I'm not the most observant person when it comes to the weather. Um, I, it, it seems a little more clear in general here, okay. maybe. Um, there's more sky when you're out in, in the flats of the southeast, too, I guess. There's no hills and trees in the way. I mean, they're trees, but they're flat trees. Um, Seattle has a lot of microclimates too, though, so okay. I didn't realize that was more of a thing here than there. Yeah, I guess I've always just thought of it as the weather p- pattern swirling between the Columbia and the Willamette, mm-hmm. where you you tend to get some really weird stuff happening on the more blustery days. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I guess uh, in that regard, I've always also felt like every time I visit Seattle, it's just 
gray for the day. <laughs> um, but I also realized that not visiting too often doesn't give it a lot of chances to see that full spectrum. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think they both have their, their ins and outs okay. through the course of the day. But then, the, but then the other periods where it's just gray for months in Seattle. And up in Washington, I think there's like the Puget Sound. There's a there's a marine arm that reaches into the the mainland there, and there's a lot of you know water. And uh, it's colder. It's a little damper. I think that maybe could account. I remember growing up in the Tacoma area. There, it was always gray. I remember yeah. that. Well, and and here there's wind that blows the clouds away. There's no That's wind right. there. So yes, I discovered the oh, two really? winds: yes. the east Not wind, the dry wind. Uh-huh. Um, here and in Portland, the, yes, and the west, the wet west wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and both have their charms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I was trying to ask the kids one day, but I asked them on a windy day if they prefer rain or wind. So it was a windy day, so they said rain. But uh, I, yeah. I think I might. <laughs> ask I don't them on know. a rainy day. Yeah, I, I think I might like the wind better because when you're out of it, you're still dry. You're dry. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, the sky yeah. is light. Um. Yeah I, don't, yeah. I don't know which I prefer. I don't enjoy riding into wind, but I, I think I would take that over being wet. Right? Are we talking rain with no wind or just like typical <laughs> rain? <laughs> or both. Yeah, yeah. It should be, I think it's important to clarify because a lot of times you'll get a fair bit of both. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I, I can't picture I can't riding on a day that's without, rainy, but yeah, not windy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Well, I hate headwinds, mm-hmm. but. What I hate even more than that is side winds. Oh, yeah. I can tolerate a headwind and eventually like resign myself to just biking into it. But a side wind comes up, it always sneaks up upon you right. and like throws you off, you know, kilter for a while. And if it was a consistent side wind and you were like leaning into it just to stay like upright and going straight. Oh, that takes so much energy. Why and if you took that wind away, you'd just be going in circles. don't weigh 80 pounds. So I... <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there are times that, you know, I feel grateful that I'm on my 80-pound bike in a, in a <laughs> because, side gust. Because <laughs> it's just going to stay where it is, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and I, I would imagine that's something that's nice about having the family rig is that, uh, yes, you, you, you are a stronger rider because you practice with weights. Um. I guess. I, I'm very slow in plotting, so I don't know if I'm all that strong. I think I'm just stubborn. Hey, there um, we go. I, I mean, I think I'd have to move a little quicker and try a little harder to get strong from yeah. it. I mean, I, I would posit that stubbornness and strength are very similar, if not the same. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the only time that stubborn gets you in trouble is if you do get hurt. You strain muscles or that sort of thing. But I think, uh, I mean, strength training is basically just stubbornness, right? Okay, I, I'm not the one to ask. Yeah, take it. You're, You're the calorie you counter. And... Well, yeah. <laughs> but that's because I'm terrible at being oh. stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well. I, I should point out my broken foot was not from anything stubborn. It was from mowing the lawn and stepping Ooh. weird. Oh, <laughs> I need a really? better story, yes. <laughs> that can happen, though. I mean, foot injuries, I feel like more than others I've heard of that kind of crop up among friends, are they'll go for a little bit before being diagnosed sometimes. Whereas like if you break an arm, you break an arm. It's like, yep, that was that. Um, My father broke his toe earlier this summer and he didn't know for a good three-ish days. And then he was like, huh, that feels a little weird. Maybe I should go see the doctor. (laughs) Um, But I feel like foot injuries in particular, just because your feet are always interacting with things, like you can have tweaks to your foot, but uh, harder to tell when it's actually broken there. Yeah. And at, at the urgent care, they were like, did you fall sideways or forward? Or they really wanted to know because mm. that's how you tell wh- which kind of. Oh, OK. Which. Uh, so it was my pinky toe, the mm. fifth metatarsal. Oh, so, man. So, uh, specifically with that one, depending on how you fall. But I fell the good way. <laughs> Yay. I'm a good klutzy. <laughs> to learn how to fall well is the first thing to learn. Right. And yeah. to teach your kid. Yes. Yes. It's one of the first things you learn in like any kind of martial arts, actually, mm-hmm. is how, to, how to fall without injuring yourself. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, that uh, there's that new series on Amazon, The Tick, where uh, there's a scene where he falls from a window. Oh, uh, spoilers, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it does that great thing The Tick does, where he goes this like kind of like you know deep thought out yet strangely obtuse uh-huh. and somewhat naive monologue right, as right. he's falling from the window to the ground. And just like, kind of unaware that this is this would hurt a normal person. Yeah. yeah do yeah. do you do you uh, resist the fall? Or do you accept the fact that you are a falling person hmm. and you embrace it and you learn how to, you're not tensed. You just, uh, you just let it happen. I would, I would imagine there's something like, there's some truth in there. Hmm. Yeah. Also the tick. Great series. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, kill, you killed your cartoon. Netflix, but kept the Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of an art piece, really. <laughs> We're talking about that sticker I made that says, kill your Netflix in the style of kill your television. That I am. <laughs> of which you gave us a couple. <laughs> yeah. Well, Maddie, I'm curious. Uh, do you have... Uh, let's focus on the positives. For anyone I, considering Seattle... What do you as, hate about Seattle? <laughs> as a destination. What do you not hate? What's great about no, Seattle? Yeah, yeah. And then I never said I hated Seattle. No, yeah. and we're not saying it either. And then what do you love about Portland? Uh, Seattle's a wonderful city. And um, to date, you know, when we moved there nine years ago now it was the most bikey city i'd ever lived in so it has a lot of um bike friendly infrastructure and they're building more all the time um there are also a lot of biking building people. more all the time portland <laughs> sorry but, i mean po- the thing positive. is the positive. thing is sorry. all all sorry. of this looks a little more exciting online when you when you see the articles um the fact is very little stuff connects in seattle yet there were a lot of new things that I would have wanted to take group rides too. I, I led the critical mass rides there, the family rides, and um, a women identifying group called Critical Last. So I, I them, you know, that was adults. So I would take them places, even if it wasn't what I would consider very safe to get there, just so we could check out new infrastructure. But um, now, maybe I think there's some things that are starting to connect. But it was it was frustrating when they'd build this new thing with n- uh, n- connecting to nothing on either side. Hmm. You know, you're just kind of waiting to see when it will connect. Do you, Do you feel like they like dumped you out unnecessarily into more uh, harm inducing types of infrastructure or they had like a, a solid end. It's just, they didn't connect past that point. Um, yeah. I would say more just, they hadn't gotten around to building okay. the rest of it. Gotcha. Um, but, but I mean, sometimes that dumping you, it does feel like dumping you out when it doesn't connect to anything. Cause they want you to come and use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just ends. Is so. it fair to say the grass is always green lake on the other side? <laughs> Green Lakes a Seattle neighborhood for everyone that doesn't know. That's where I first <laughs> uh, <live>. um, <laughs> Your material was better when you were a bike rider and not a jogger. <laughs> oh, oh. Green Lake is quite a jogging neighborhood, by the way. Oh, yeah, 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 Green Lake is exactly, I think, three miles around on the inner track and okay. maybe five miles on the outer track when you visit next. Nice. All right. <laughs> I mean, if I visit, I, I probably, I'll probably take my bike and ride. Oh. Well, but... bring your running shoes, too. Okay, there we go, to connect the infrastructure. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, now Seattle has dockless bike share, which is pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I haven't been up since they have the Lime e-bikes. I've heard about um, this. Because people that, are really excited about those. And as it's, opposed it's to going to like an actual station, right? Uh, to pick up uh, you know, from a collection of bikes. You've just got these bikes that are scattered all over the yeah. city. And you still have to pay for them. You still have to have a membership, but uh, but they're there for you. Yeah, I, I used um, a yellow Ofo and a green Lime bike. Um, and they were both free because they were having introductory offers. And, oh. and Lime kept doing like a free month. Oh, and now another free month. So 
Please. I don't know if yes, I, yes. I think I might have like $10 of credit. So I've, I've used them a couple times and, and they're, it's really neat because Pronto, the, um, the docked bike share didn't exist in my neighborhood. Okay. Um, even though I was like right there in the thick of things, they just, um, you know, there are a lot of reasons why, why it failed, but one was they just, there weren't enough of them mm-hmm. and they had two different hubs that didn't really connect. So it was kind of, it was kind of hard to use. Um, maybe also the helmet law, they had to provide helmets. So, you know, that's oh, yeah. another expenditure. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think it's all of that added together. I don't think it's any one thing. Yeah. Explain um, to us the, the helmet law. Is that Washington state? Is that Seattle? It's, uh, I think it's a King County ordinance. So okay. Seattle is one of the few um, cities with an adult helmet law. I think a lot of the bike shares have in the fine print wear a helmet when you use this bike, no matter right. what city they're in. Um, sort but of it's as, a little as like different. A, a legal. CYA. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in Seattle, Pronto opted to provide helmets, provide um, vending machines where you could rent a helmet. And to all the card holders, we were given a helmet. So, yeah, even though it, it wasn't useful for me. Um, since it didn't exist in my neighborhood and I already had a bike and I had to carry kids on my bike, I still got a membership just because I believed and I wanted to support right. it. Try it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, so I got a helmet um, that I think were donated by Children's Hospital and um, have the big Pronto P on the side. Um, although I gave it to a friend and I guess when you own one, people think that you've stolen a rental oh, really? one and they oh. shout oh. at you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they decided that they would want to provide helmets and then they also had a budget to perf- uh, replace theft of those helmets and cleaning the helmets. So, you know, that's a big expenditure in a city with um, bike share. And I think hmm. Vancouver, Canada also has a, an adult helmet share um, law. And I think they just started bike share there. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. how it works up there. I don't know what the helmet situation is. I haven't read anything. The bike share helmet situation. But, but you're saying that the government wants to insert itself and try to control the choices <laughs> that you make about your own safety? That seems strange to me. Um, so the... Uh, to get back to the dockless bike share those they they don't have any helmets and and these helmet uh laws aren't so enforced for most most riders i think there there's one um messenger in seattle who gets ticketed a lot by one particular police officer oh, in seattle um, <laughs> so there's that but um i w- even with the pronto bikes i didn't see most people riding them wearing helmets and it, it was kind of neat it felt like um California. I'm so I'm a native Californian and I didn't have a helmet when I rode my beach cruiser around in California. And every summer when the sun first came out, when when the sun did come out in Seattle, I would it was muscle memory. I'd feel like I was in Seattle and forget to put my helmet on and start mm. taking off until oh. a child would shout, Mama, uh-huh. your helmet. And you're in violation of the law. <laughs> yeah. Mom's a badass. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it sounds like, uh, especially if, if you want easy access to a number of bicycles, it sounds like Seattle's the place for you. Uh, but but there are also some things in Portland. Like, Portland also has a bike share system, and it's becoming more and more it's extensive as time goes mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah they would had a huge expansion this summer, uh, which addressed a lot of the original concerns about reach out into further parts of eastern, I, I guess I would say eastern Portland, mm-hmm. uh, more easterly now. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good to see. I've yeah. been seeing a lot of those bikes lately, um, just locked to various things that aren't the docks. Ooh, I wanted and... to talk about this, but we should bring it up maybe, maybe now, maybe sometime later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, like, to me, that's a sign that they're getting used. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel very, like, encouraged by that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. I think it's, um, you know, you're a year and a half, two, two-ish years yeah. in now. So there's there's a good, like... Whatever that level is going to be, it's 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 establishing itself very firmly. 
Yeah. Um, and Portland's bike share is also kind of like halfway dockless. Like there are docks, but you don't have to use yeah, them. Best of both so worlds. I've seen them abandoned all over the place. And yeah. you can rent one uh, wherever they've been left, which is cool. So, so question time, etiquette-wise. Uh, locking your Nike bike to the side of the Broadway Bridge because there's a staircase oh. on the west-bound b- b- uh, lane. Cool or not cool? I imagine. Like, is it is it blocking access to the... It, it's right where the staircase is. And so I'm like, yeah, somebody's using bike share. And right. then I'm like, oh, I'm really getting squeezed by, yeah. by the lack See, anytime, of two feet or three anytime feet. Anytime access is blocked by anything, mm-hmm. it gets under my skin. I just imagine some poor bike town employee... Um, or motivate person like being like, where the fuck is this bike? Like, right, because I've driving around, circled around because there's the, the bridge. Road. Yep, yep, <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's been a, a pretty persistent fixture for about the last month or so. So I was, I was just curious. I almost tweeted it, and then I thought I'd just save it for the show. Uh, there right. we go. <laughs> you can do both. I can. Okay. I've been trying to cut down on Twitter lately. So um, <laughs> smart person. Uh, yeah. yeah, just want to reclaim some of that time. <laughs> Something to be said for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I feel like not personally, um, but m- again, from the same standpoint of uh, access restriction. Yeah, yeah, anytime access is restricted. Like, I wouldn't anything, want to lock like, my bike there, therefore, that's You know, <laughs> this is something that gets under my skin pretty easily. Whenever it gets warmer out, um, a lot of restaurants will bring out their picnic tables um, and put them on the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it seems pretty benign. Um, but there's a few that you have like full size, almost full size yep. picnic tables, and it takes up all but, you know, a foot of the sidewalk, maybe. Yeah. Or the three and feet of mandated. I, I think it's three feet. I believe you're right. Easement. Um, but three feet's not a lot of feet. No, no. And, and I doubt there's three feet left on some of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but, anyways. It it gets under my skin because like sure as a person who's walking I can get around to that or I can like hop on the road for just a second and hop back on the sidewalk but for somebody who isn't walking or somebody who has any kind of mobile mobility issue um that's that's a a, a roadblock yeah, to them deal breaker and, yeah yeah like I was gonna go up you know to this on this walk and now I can't actually get to my destination because whatever anyways long-winded way of saying like yeah not cool to lock your okay bike there. okay i want to hear a longer conversation on bike share ethics <laughs> yeah later because i yeah, think we, this is a fascinating we, we should, topic we could mind this could this could be its own show yeah. sure mm-hmm. uh maddie you've got uh you, you're here in portland you've been here for how long did you say six months congratulations Thank you. we're glad you're here welcome Welcome Yay. to Portland. This is yes. your official welcome. It is my official welcome. Feels like it. I'm part of the crew. I kind of think your your uh, inaugural or yeah inaugural your article anyways uh, on bike Portland would probably be your official welcome. Oh, okay. to Portland. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would hazard that the Sprocket Podcast is more official oh. than bike Portland. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> while I'm sitting here in the airstream. Yeah. <laughs> them's, them's fighting words. I think Jonathan Moss is in the parking lot. He wants to fight. Uh, yeah. No, but uh, I, I'm curious, just anything that you haven't mentioned yet that you like about Portland? Now oh, yeah. There, I mean, there are, there are a couple. Well, okay. I'm going to start with one thing that I was surprised by not having noticed before that I don't like um, is that the roads 
are awfully <laughs> potholy here. And Dude, that's so terrible. You're saying that if we yeah. don't fund the streets, there's a consequence <laughs> or something to that? I, I, I don't know if I didn't notice in all my visits, and the snow from last winter made mm. them so much noticeably worse. Yeah. Um, but and I've tried to talk to friends about it, and and no one really seems phased. I, I think it's maybe a magical thing about Portland that you just kind of cope. Um, Do you think? Fat bikes are huge right I'd now. Love, <laughs> I'd love to like. I'd love to believe that that is the case, but I'm just wondering. I, well, and uh, so no, another, I, I do. I do think. I think you're onto something. Well, there's like there's a certain kind of fatalism thing. of like, well, yep, yeah, there's a hole. All right, just gonna go through it or or around it. Yeah. So in another thing, um, that I, I've, my thinking's come a, a changed a little bit about this, but the greenways here, mm. I was so surprised when I I realized just how many unprotected crossings there are. Of uh-huh. major streets uh-huh. um, versus when there's a greenway in Seattle, you, I mean, they don't, they don't all start com- completed, but they put in more um, stoplights when you're crossing an arterial on a greenway than they do here. They allow a mechanism for um, initiating a cross. A, yeah. A I mean, th- there's just a lot of completely unprotected crossings, mm-hmm. uh, like, like on the way over uh, Clinton I mean, at 50th. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a crosswalk there. But um, that's, but that's all you get. Yeah. yeah, and and then I was on um, Ankeny at twenty thirtieth, twenty. I don't know. Thirty second or thirtieth. Crama Coffee Shop by Crank. Oh, twenty eighth. Yeah, twenty eighth. Okay. Twenty eighth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I know that one well. But it's it's like this is a greenway. I, I should mm-hmm. I should get to cross the street. Twenty um, eighth was supposed to be a greenway too. And maybe someday it will. Yes. <laughs> but, I, but I was talking Advocate to, I, I was so, I was so um, taken aback by just like, ha- the, you know, it's not yeah. all ages and abilities when you can't cross the yeah. street. Um, and my, my family biking friends like didn't seem phased, I think, cause you're just so used to that's how greenways are. But then, then I remembered, well, the whole idea of greenways is they're cheap to implement. You just throw them down all over the city cheaply and then they exist and there's signage and there's paint and it's better than it was for sure. It's better than it was, um, you know. Hopefully, at some stop signs and some speed bumps. But I mean, intersections are expensive. Um, I mean, I, I hope that someday those intersections get stoplights um, or stop. Well, I guess an arterial wouldn't get a stop sign. Maybe some do. Um, or that there's so much bicycle traffic that it's not necessary. People just know that this is where the bicycles. Well, and, and the they street. they do tend to know. I'm not very good at seizing the right of way, and I do like that everyone here seems to know the law. If, if you're on foot and walking across the street, and you you put your foot out, they have to stop. I mean, that's the law in Seattle too. But right. no one stops. Pedestrians there. take that much more seriously. Yeah, they take it to heart. Yes. Yeah, well, in, in I a mean, good way. The drivers take it to heart too. I yeah. mean, everyone yeah, yeah. knows that law, and and um, yeah, I, I feel like the mentality here is just a little different. I, I used to think, especially when I lived in Seattle, that it's just such a big city, and everyone's like so important, and you have to drive quickly, and like no one's going to slow your roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and here, people just no seem a little important. more oh. polite. Yes, <laughs> no one is important. Here. <laughs> yeah, no. I the thing I've always said about Portland is that I think. Uh, what we lack in infrastructure we make up for and just like uh, intuition what people the the way that drivers tend to treat you and it's not true in all cases because you know not everybody's a great driver uh but i find that more often people will give you your space on the road and people will allow you to to get across the street safely more often here than in other places yeah i agree one thing i think seattle's really got going for it if we can if we can add another feather to their cap uh, is the biking trails. How have you found the spring water in comparison to the options available to you back in Seattle? 
Um, I I feel like they're pretty pretty similar. The okay. spring water okay. is not peppered with signs that say um, Rail Trail Hall of Fame like the Burke Gilman has. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's, I have it's yet a, to bike on that. It's a multi-use trail. Um, I keep forgetting. Like every time I was in Seattle, I keep I kept forgetting to go on that. We I, lived we live well in the downhill direction from our house. We lived two blocks from the Burke Gilman Trail, but then to get back up to home, we would have to take a roundabout ten blocks oh, <laughs> to, to avoid that ridiculous. It hill. wouldn't. It, we'd still have like one pretty bad block, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which neighborhood were you in Seattle? In Wallingford. Wallingford. Okay, I don't remember that one. Uh, it's, it's next near, to near Fremont. It's okay. yeah between uh, the University District, where oh, University sure. of Washington is, and um, Fremont. Those are steep hills. I remember yeah. those. I mean, there there are ways around. Um, and like, yeah, here I don't know my way around all the hills, and I, I tend to just follow Google and hit a lot of hills. But hmm. in general, it's flatter here. So yeah, what's this Hall of Fame thing all about? Oh, I don't know. the The Burke Gilman Trail is in the Rail Rail, Rail Trails Trail. Hall of Fame, oh. and it's. Well labeled. <laughs> so everyone can know, no matter which part of the trail you're on, it says, so this is in the Hall of Fame. Gotcha. I mean, it's a great trail. It goes, and it connects to the Lake Sammamish Trail. Is that right? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often didn't go that far. But no, it yeah. connects to stuff. And it almost takes you to Ballard, where you hit the missing link, which I think they're finally closing, which is really exciting. Nice. Um, yeah. I just remember, like, my first experience up on the trail system doing the reverse of the Seattle to Portland ride. And I was just blown away about how many trails you could connect in the state of seattle um we've got really great stuff for the in inside of portland and you know boring oregon there's a 30 mile stretch out to there um but you can do a solid almost 100 120 mile stretch just on trails traveling north to south i i always found that really nice that is cool uh well maddie uh one of the cool things about you is that you are a published author and that I could find your book in my local grocery store. Uh, one of our local chains, New Seasons, has your book uh, cool. proudly displayed with a number of other bicycling accessories. It's, it's the uh, Impulse Buy. Oh, I should uh, sneak in there and <laughs> sign them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. How fun would that be? Which, which New Seasons is this? Uh, the one that I was at was up on Rosa Parks and uh, Interstate. So okay. uh, that's where I saw it. But uh, but what's your book called and where can people find it if they're not at that particular store? <laughs> it's uh, called Urban Cycling and it's published by Mountaineers Books in Seattle, Washington. Um, so you can find it on their website. You can uh, buy it online at Powell's. When I was there last, they did not have any paper copies in anymore. Um, so you should definitely request it. Sold out. It is in the um, library system here. So you can check it out. Um, and also available other places that start with A that carry books online. There we go. Um, oh, you've already mentioned Amazon. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I, I yeah. thought you were going to say Abe books. Oh. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> it, it is a place. It's true. Dude, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, when you need to do a price check, Abe books carries um, quite a few books that are great. They're a great price check or reference. Um, okay. And I, I'd imagine you can also find your book I, I there. I think you can. <laughs> we should also, maybe we should oh. buy the domain and, and see, like, like, am I getting screwed on this book cost.com? Um, I'm sorry. There, there is one more place. Ravello, Ravello. Um, has quite oh, a few yeah. copies that are all Here signed. You should, yeah, you should get one there. It's the bike shop that uh, also features a, a lot of Bob Dylan records. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, thanks for coming in. It's good to see you. Thank Thanks you. for sharing sharing episode 400 with me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. I was very excited to see you. <laughs> hey, could I could I play something before uh, before we transition? Yeah, you want? I got a thing. thing. Yeah, let me uh, here. I'll, I'll plug the cable in.
So this is at the doctor's office. And that's the heart inside of a little two and a half centimeter baby, which is kind of cool. Oh, is that her face? Yeah, still looking at us. And that's oh. my wife. So, anyways, I wanted to share that. I think that's uh, that's kind of exciting. Uh, it was a lot faster than I thought it would be. That's so cool. Yeah. Like the heartbeat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, it's that's a tiny uh, little thing. It is. It is. Um. So, anyways, yeah. Thanks for letting me share. Please share more. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Are you going to put up a poll for the listeners to name the baby? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing I would like better. I vote for Weapon X. <laughs> I, I thought uh, we could start a Strava pool for the for the birthday. Oh, there we go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, wait. It's to see how many people uh, we can, can ride we... the number of miles that it would take to, to birth a baby? Uh, no. What? I, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure how it would work yet. Okay, but it, but it appears we should use the Strava thing to do some sort of other thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you have ideas, I, it could be like a, a yeah, riding a certain number of miles as a ratio of some metric in relation to your child. Oh, there we go. So like uh, uh, the number, say let's say the number of centimeters. Sure, uh, I'll go out and do a, a two and a half mile ride. Mm-hmm. Today. Oh, and okay. Then and then later on, it'll be like ultrasound. Uh, 220 yeah. or something. Or oh, I like that. That's <laughs> we'll really see, special. That, see how much I, like I keep up on that. Right, how, about, how about minutes run? Yeah. I could do yeah, minutes yeah. run. No, I, don't, I couldn't do that either. You would get more fit as your baby <laughs> <It's true. laughs> reached, its, reached its destination. Well, wow. Maddie, <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> for being on the show. Would you like to thank hang out? Thank you for being a good sport, yeah. too. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> We we would love to have you back on in a singular capacity as much as we love Brock, which we absolutely do. <laughs> we also are looking forward to even more recordings. Um, and yes, I will hang out. Yay. Um, thank you. For our news and calendar. Well. And other things. Let's get this started. Don't don't ever use that. Don't worry, we won't. <laughs> Your secret is safe with us, Tim. On the second Thursday of every month, we have the Joyful Riders Club in Minneapolis. The second Friday of every month, the Boston Bike Party. Also the second Friday of every month, the Indianapolis Bike Party. Every second Sunday of every month is the Corvidae Bike Club Ride. And the next yeah. one, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the next one will be March 11th. And that is a benefit for a women's shelter, Bring toiletries mm-hmm. on april 8th we have pedal pursuit april 14th lads 500 team sprocket podcast will be there to interview you Microphone i don't know in hand i don't know how that's gonna look but we will try to interview you on the fly, fly. Yes. Yeah, yeah there's got to be some way to work an ultrasound type uh interview <laughs> in there somewhere <laughs> I, I volunteer to carry you on the back of my cargo bike if you need <gasps> Are you going to be there? I am going to be there. I don't have a team. Oh, for real? I was going to bring my cargo bike and my longboard in case I could, Corey said I could maybe skate a lap for them. Are you, um, uh, I thought I'd also, I'll also bring, well, I don't know if I'm carrying Aaron the whole time. I won't bring (laughs) extra stuff, but I was going to, I was going to ride my cargo bike and carry down a longboard and maybe a normal bike. Yeah. I was going to ask you, are you asking for team members? Like, do you want people to help join your relay team? I mean, I, I think carrying um a radio show would take precedence <laughs> over <laughs> finding a team Perfect. um but i mean uh, i'll figure something out we we will figure something I'm, right out. now i'm just saying i'm gonna be there and i'm All available right. Right exciting on.
<laughs> uh, next up. On April 29th, the Yakima Valley Fondo. And this is from listener Pete D. in Yakima. Yes. Hey, Pete. Bring plenty of grit and you will be rewarded with epic views. This sounds so much better with a cold. <laughs> bring, bring plenty of grit and you will be rewarded with epic views of the dual spectacles of Mount Adams and Mount Rainier, as well as the stunning scenery of Yakima River Canyon. The ride will be well-marked and supported with three aid stations stocked with food and hydration. If you've always wanted to tackle a Grand Fondo, but been a bit intimidated by too much gravel, this is the Fondo for you. I've always wanted to tackle a Grand Fondo. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's cheese at the end. (laughs) Uh, It also mentions if you are an experienced Fondo rider, don't worry. The terrain and distance will still provide plenty of challenges. On May 6th, we have the Santa Cruz California Ride of Silence. And this is from listener Gregory and also ride leader. He's, re- he's leading this Yes, ride this is yes. Gregory's ride, uh, Gregory Braithwaite. Meet at Abbott Square, 7 p.m. for a nine-mile ride to honor bicyclists killed by motorists, promote sharing roadways, and provide awareness of bicycling safety. More information for the Santa Cruz and other rides at rideofsilence.org. And yeah, there's rides happening all over the U.S. Um, so go to rideofsilence.org if you are in- so you if you want to visit, you can find a city or an event that's happening yeah. nearby to you. Yeah, excellent. Or you can create one yourself. Yeah, Indeed. interesting yeah. note. Uh, if you click on Oregon, only Corvallis is listed oh, as serious? having a ride of silence. Whoa. And Portland has had those before, but yeah. I don't know that we have. There's not this one. This Certainly not listed anyways. Mm, yes. yes. But there could mm. be. There could be. On May 19th, we have the DC bike ride. June 23rd, pedal, pedal. Nicely enunciated. Where you can use the code SPROCKET18. Yes, for $5 off on your registration. And August 19th, we have the Portland Century. September 2nd, Tour de Lab, where you can also use the coupon code SPROCKET18. And September 22nd, the Lowell Kinetic Sculpture Race in Lowell, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. And that was one of my favorite interviews that I've done in a while. Those guys are great. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really well it was like put together. I really liked listening yeah. to that one. Hey, speaking of events, Guthrie, you're connected to Film by Bike, right? Just a tiny bit. Oh, I heard they're going <laughs> to South by Southwest. That they are. Yeah. And I heard they're uh, only 82% of the way funded for the trip. Yes. And that you, anybody, matter of fact, could pitch in just a little bit extra uh, if they wanted to help anything helps film by bike get there as little as five dollars yeah bringing bike love and bike culture to south by southwest that's right it's not just music anymore yes guthrie can't take out another student loan for this no that's right don't make him <laughs> it's okay i'll i'll spend that student loan traveling somewhere <laughs> far off and, and forgotten <laughs> Uh, But speaking of Film by Bike, there are upcoming dates for Film by Bike. Uh, Our house, Denmark, and on March 3rd. Hey, that's today. Whose house? No, that's happened already. Because today is tomorrow in Denmark. (laughs) Uh, South by Southwest, we mentioned that. Copenhagen, March 10th. Albany, New York, July 22nd. Seattle, to be determined. Vancouver, Washington, also to be determined. Arcata, California, November, and Bendigo, Australia, in October. Every day of the year. 
Drop it. Like it's <laughs> like it's hot. Exactly. <laughs> and now for What can compare with the thrill of a brand new bike? I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. I like my bike, it's fast. It circles around the city lights. So before we start into our headlines, I, I think we just need to take a moment here to point out how lion-hearted this Lionheart kombucha is. This right. is the most Lionheart of Matty Lionheart. Matty has patiently been waiting. I, I'm not even. I don't even know. Probably it's been at, least an hour, at least an hour to enjoy this delicious beverage, <laughs> and it's, we have finally opened the it's cap. It's just now settled, and even then, it was still kind still of bubbling. Yeah. On top. It, it did warn me. It's wild blueberry. It is wild. <laughs> yes. They Very should call wild. it spirited out of a bottle kombucha. <laughs> From bikeportland.org, Oregon's expanded bike. T- tax passes out of committee with unanimous support. Yes, without a single word of debate, the nine members of the Joint Committee on Transportation voted in favor of expansion of Oregon's bike tax that will result in it covering more children's bicycles. As of Saturday, March 3rd, the full Oregon House and Senate passed the bill with total vote margin of 70 to 10 the bill now awaits the governor's signature. Is this the tax that's not a tax? A sales tax that's not really a sales tax? It's not a sales tax. But it's a bicycle tax but it's when a you bike buy a tax. bike. When someone sells you a bike, you're taxed. So yes. flat tax on a certain type of bicycle purchase. It was to cover anything over $200 and... Uh, 26 inches 26, bigger wheels. Yeah, 26 inch wheels are bigger. And now they've... The they've amended it, and according to the article on Bike Portland, the amendment removes any mention of wheel size Oof. from the law. Thank goodness. Ah, and so now the tax will cover all bicycles sold in Oregon, Bromptons. over two hundred dollars. Huh. Yes, Damn it. take well, that, yes. Brompton. <laughs> Um, but, but not the really. change, uh, yeah, the change was requested by the Department of Revenue in order to simplify the collection process and clear up confusion. They they claim they've heard from bike shop owners. Simplicity is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, simplicity is good. So let's have a sales tax over everything as opposed to just one bicycle. You can't do that in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As Aaron slides back in his chair, resigned to a fate not his own. That's right. I mean, did in- I mention something about the fatalistic approach to bicycling in Portland? <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, when you lived in Washington, what was the sales tax when you, when you moved away? Oh, uh, it was like twelve percent or something. I was gonna say, yeah, ten. I thought it was like seven point seven. Oh, okay. oh, really? Right, maybe it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. I remember. I mean, it being, it's worse than zero. It's yeah. true. It's, yes, it's <laughs> I'm still more not than used zero. to no sales tax here. Every time right. I buy something, mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah. wow. I feel like you get the. And that's the, why the roads are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no correlation. Uh, I feel like you get the winning end of that deal, though, because every time I go up with a five dollar bill or such mm-hmm. through Washington. There's always some item, say chips, that's four ninety nine, and I'm <laughs> yes. always always that that guy who 
goes proudly to the counter and then realizes, I am I ready do, for chips. I don't actually have enough money to get these chips. But Although, is there, isn't there a thing where you show your Oregon ID and I, they waive the sales tax? Allegedly. I've, I've had varying success rates with that. And uh, more recently, I think I've, I've more just given up trying. Definitely at the Walmart at yeah. like 205 and If Mill it's a big enough store, I feel like you're you're good to go. In just Vancouver, to, Washington, I mean. Yeah. 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 They're very used to people coming over for the cheap prices and saying, hey, don't tax me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not every shop. For example, the place you're buying your chips. Although chips, would, would they be food? Because I feel like food's not taxed in Washington, or is it now? I'm not sure. I think it's not. I think you might be okay for chips. But if oh. you find a four ninety nine like SD card or something that you're like, oh, oh I need okay. this. So that's what be you're like saying $5. is they've been charging me 12%, 7% <laughs> <I'm> 12%. <laughs> 7% <laughs> <laughs> on untaxable <laughs> items. Exactly. I See, mean, maybe, maybe like... I've got Washington dialed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you have brought, like, four ninety nine worth of broccoli, mm-hmm. you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Or cauliflower. I wonder if there's distinction between, like, pre-packed... Yeah. We'll, yeah. Uh, another episode. <laughs> yeah, another indeed. Episode. We'll dig into the economics <laughs> yes. of interstate commerce. It's you know, the funny thing is, is when I picked this, uh, of the two pieces that I've picked for headlines, I thought this was going to be the less dense uh-huh. of the two. Mm. Let's get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) From CityLab.com, the strongest case yet that excessive parking causes more driving. This is actually a very dense article, and I encourage everyone to go and read it for themselves because there's lots of charts and interpretation and numbers that I just could never concisely fit into, Mm. yeah, into like explaining here. But but you're saying that the more parking you build, the more people will park there. Yes. Um, Are you saying if this... they build, if you build it, they will come? Yes. If when it comes to vehicular or or automobile infrastructure, okay. okay. Um, it's interesting. This article um, points to uh, cigarette use causing l- uh, lung cancer, um, and how there were lawyers on on you know the the cigarette company's side kind of trying to trying to say like well correlation does not equal causation and well summed up in the movie thank you for smoking yes eventually epidemiologists you know were able to to say like no actually in this particular case correlation does equal causation Hmm. um these guys chris mckayhill and um state smart transportation initiative they call themselves and a trio trio of university of connecticut scholars um, offer compelling evidence that parking provision is a cause of citywide automobile use. And they, yeah, they do so by taking a page from epidemiology, adopting a framework meant for inferring causality in the face, causality, sorry, in the face of statistical association known as the Bradford Hill criteria. And again, this is all very dense and I can't really concisely, um, summarize it but i really wanted to put this in here kind of as to to draw attention to people that the more we build automobile infrastructure the more people are going to drive and Mm -hmm. i don't think you have to be a a climate change skeptic or even a climate change acceptor to realize like more cars is just going to be more fumes they say that a goldfish will grow to the size of its tank right yes but uh it's very hard to take a large goldfish and put it into a smaller tank correct so So you have to ask yourself the question do you like 
the current size of your goldfish? Right. Do you like the current size of your traffic? Do you like the current size of your uh, Trader Joe's parking lot? Mm-hmm. They're notorious for having really bad parking oh, is that lots. Right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's tons of forums of people complaining about it. Honestly, like tra- Trader Joe's parking lots are great. I think in uh, Portland in there opinion. are, but every other city I've ever lived in, um, which are cities I had cars uh, in at some point. Well, yeah, no, they the are point really I was going to make is yeah. they're great because I bike there. <laughs> and but I feel like the ones here parking. are kind of spacious. Yeah, but I bike to them too. Maybe that's why. There's also uh, there's also that old video from a couple of years back. It's getting real in the Whole Foods parking lot. Oh yeah, Are you familiar with this one? Uh-uh. Uh, it's it's great. I I'll have to it. check it out. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm very glad that you posted this article. Um, Is that why you brought this book out? It's not actually why I brought this oh, book. Okay. but this book ties very well into it. Guthrie's uh, just a smart guy. He we're gonna have books. A not even that. Books. I just love reading. <laughs> 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 I wish that'd be that'd be nice. Well, the benchmark is. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I'm reading a book called On Trails, which I think a lot of our listeners uh, would really be able to get into by author Robert Moore. Um, but it's it's talking about trails across a variety of disciplines, uh, both socially and also physically. Um, but he was talking a little bit interestingly in regards to the Build It and More Will Come um, about the explanations to show how collective intelligence can emerge within societies. And so ants are viewed generally as you know stupid individuals or or non-intelligent individuals hello mr ant or or mrs ant actually probably not a mrs in this case um probably a miss yes yes um she's a worker (laughs) so so it was getting at that um this concept of build it and more will come is not unique to the human species in fact it's it's um modified it's adapted and it's actually in place in and vast a vast amount of ecosystems and so this uh, book in in one section of it um, says in one early paper, uh, this scientist argued that people tend to build their settlements uh, stigmer- stigmerigically. Um, I'm still working on that word. Just like ants, they unconsciously modify the environment, which sends a signal instructing other people how and where to build. And so in terms of build it and more will come, uh, the natural increase of lanes and traffic flow, not only is it something that we have the ability to perceive and to modify, uh, but there's also a subconscious level that's so innate within our so this our, I, ourselves. This idea of induced demand really isn't all that new. No, it's in a, fact, it's, it's a, like it's, you said, it's innate. It's innate. It's practiced over and over across hundreds of thousands of species. Um, Does the word innate mean like in nature? I don't actually. Is know. it an abbreviation? Yeah. That's yeah. a. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's. Uh, purposefully an abbreviation mm-hmm. but yeah that's essentially what it means yeah. um induced demand is everywhere unconscious yeah yeah, yeah. it was just so uh just happens naturally yeah it's it's not just us it's uh it's it's everywhere wow. yeah so anyway um i could go on and on about this book <laughs> but on trails if you're curious for some good li- some good right reading on. this week well that's our headlines well we may not induce demand but what we do induce Joyce. You made it look so easy. <laughs> Me? <laughs> oh, come on. We should, get, we should get you back on one of these times. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm open to being a producer if you want me to be. Uh, Joyce W. comments on the Lads 500. Wish I could have been there, or wish I could be there. Reminds me of the time I rode almost 50 miles worth of laps around a nearby f- cor- uh, third mile multi-use loop. Yes. Riding to the path and back. 
home got me to 50. At the time, I was trying to work my way up to doing 100 miles of nowhere, but I found the boredom excessive, even with an audiobook. The Lads 500 is sure to be more fun. That, by the way, is a great title of a ride. Bored, even with an audiobook. Oh, 100 miles miles of nowhere. (laughs) Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I feel like Nathan Jones might identify with that particular (laughs) statement. Yes. Heather M. has joined the Sprocket Strava Club. Welcome, Heather. She says, hello from Oakland, California. What's up? I wonder if she lives near Radio Row. What's, what's where, that's where they produce uh, 99% Invisible. Oh. I'm Roman Mars, or whatever else. Uh, we also received a text from Ethan Georgie, t- referenced slightly earlier. I, I think I can't remember if we were recording yet. Either way, thanks for texting. And Ethan says, maybe I'm the only one who enjoyed hearing about Aaron's Whole30 adventure. <laughs> Food matters. Different points of view matter. And I yes. think like my takeaway from this, and I think what Ethan is trying to point out, is especially that last part. Yes, different points of view absolutely matter so that's right i yeah. we we do have a tendency to uh get down on the whole 30 <laughs> a little bit there um but but keeping things in perspective it's always good to have different viewpoints and honestly like i think that's changed my relationship to food for the better you're saying you don't want it anymore i no god no <laughs> <laughs> but for example you know i almost went by the way, I almost went a whole episode without talking about Whole30. <laughs> almost. almost. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm here to make sure that never happens. <laughs> but I've I've decided I'm not going to eat pizza alone anymore. Is that right? Yep. No nice. more pizza alone. All right. Pizza is now an occasion. I, like, I made a similar commitment to no beer alone. Yeah. 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 Well, we should do those things together. All right. <laughs> I got a high five from from Guthrie here. That's right. That. Slow nice. five. Yes. You had it completed. We're good. <laughs> hey, that was a high five that yeah. unplugged your headphones. That it was. Yes. That was beautiful. Where's was it? a explosive <laughs> high five. Amazing. Yeah. You couldn't hear it because it was silent explosive. <laughs> well, you couldn't hear it because the headphones unplugged. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, fair I enough. was going to say uh, thanks, Ethan, for texting in, and anybody else yeah. who wants to five zero three eight four seven nine seven seven four. You can text that anytime you want about anything. About anything. We almost we, we kid you not. Yeah. We might not put it on air, but you can text exactly. us anything. Anything, yeah. Uh, well, I guess that brings us to the end of another episode of the Sprocket Podcast. Hey, it's episode 400A. Yeah. Episode 400. Hey. <laughs> Brought to you by Lionheart Kombucha. That's right. Which you can get at Good the job. Beer Mongers at Southeast Division and 12th. Uh, sports with sound. That's right. And cribbage on Tuesdays. With surprises for the skunks. Surprises for skunks. And there's a big stick on the ceiling. Oh, we forgot to mention the big stick. And you can bring a burrito in. <laughs> and yeah. you can get those square pizzas from Ranch. Yes. Those are with, good pizzas. With, with good company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or without. Yeah. Unless you made a commitment to, not, <laughs> to either not drink <laughs> beer or eat pizza alone. <laughs> but you won't be alone because there's always somebody else at the beer mongers, right. even but if there, it's just Sean. There will always be a seat for you. That's right, and he's saving it just for you. Thank you all <laughs> for being a part of this moment. Maddie, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having so me. So good to see you in person, <laughs> as opposed to through a windshield. <laughs> Next time I'm opening my service door. <laughs> Maddie! <laughs> Hello. All right, you ready for this? Let's roll. The Sprocket Podcast is produced at StreamPDX Community Audio Studio thanks to the generous support of Open Signal. Our website is thesprocketpodcast.com. Email 
email to the sprocket podcast at gmail.com. Call or text 503 847 9774. All together now, 503 847 9774. I am a part of a cult. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter, and the Instagrams at Sprocket Podcast. Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for our theme music. Herbert for our headline sounder. Mark Marcus Norman for graphic design. And thanks to sustaining donors, Logan Smith, Shadowfoot, Katrina Melamgard. Wayne Norman, Doug Robertson, Ethan Georgie. Thanks, thanks for, for the, the text. text. Justin Martin, Eric Iverson, Cameron Lean. Richard Wazinski, Tim Mooney, Glenn Kubish. Matt Kelly, Eric Wise, Todd Parker. Dan Gebhardt, who's, who's a, a time, time traveler. traveler. <laughs> Dave, Dave knows. <laughs> Chris Smith. <laughs> Christy Kaster, Caleb Jacobson, J.P. Cooley. I took over your line. Peter Butterjar, <laughs> Matt, Marco Lowe, Rich Otterstrom. Drew, Andrew in Colorado, Drew the Welder, Anna, I'll be, be home, home soon. <laughs> John Wasserman, Andre Johnson, King of Division. Josh Zissin, Richard G. Guthrie Straw, who's there sitting right next to me. Salutations. Aaron <laughs> Green, author of We Were Like Sons and, and founder, founder of the Regrainery. Campsite, Mac Nurse David, Nathan Bolton. Chris Rawson, Rory in Michigan, Michael Florney. Jeremy Kitchen, David Belay, Tim Coleman. Thanks for the e event. Uh, <laughs> Mr. T, Harry Hugel, E.J. Finneran. Brad Hipwell, Thomas Skato, Keith Hutchinson. Ranger Tom, Joyce Wilson, Ryan Tam. Derek Wagner, Jason Offenberg, Microcosm Publishing. David Moore, Todd Grosbeck. Chris, Chris Barron, Chris Barron, and Chris, Chris Barron. Sean Baird, Gregory Braithwaite. Thank you as well. Ryan Morrow, Jimmy Diesel, Dude Luna. You just did two lines. I'm right taking there. them all. <laughs> Jump in. Matthew Rooks. <laughs> is that okay, Matthew? I thought it, it was funny, now. but I hope it is. <laughs> oh, because a, a rook is like. Yeah, it's uh, like a crow. Oh. It's like a corvidae. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all of our former donors who helped us get this far. Thank you so much. 400 episodes! Woo! Time to make a new end soundtrack. (laughs) (laughs) And to brush your teeth. And go to bed 400 times. I got excited.